Welcome to the podcast today as we talk to Mickey Gaffin-Stone, who has been coaching before coaching was even a thing. She has traveled and lived in over 18 countries, and she holds four degrees. She has a fascinating story to tell about her journey to entrepreneurship, to wellness, and how she is now influencing other women to live their best lives. So, Mickey, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast today. I'm excited to talk to you and hear your story. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So why don't you start by just telling us your story? What was life like before you began your business? Um, Tell us about your business and what things look like for you today. Okay. That's a lot. Um, To give you a little (laughs) background... Um, I've been moving since I was six months old. I've lived in eight countries so far with 13 international moves. So um, I'm kind of a serial expat, if you will. Yeah. Um, So as an adult, every time I've moved country, I've changed what I do. So my my CV looks kind of, um, I was going to say erratic, but I would say eclectic. And I had two kids and they've traveled with me. So, uh, you know, as a family, we moved all over the place, Asia, Canada, you know, different sort of locations. And every time you move, you have to find where you're going to fit in. So um, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the local food market Mm. and get a sense of the culture from there and then scope out, you know, what do people do for fun? Obviously, where are the schools, what are those like, and sort of get settled in. So I've had a very nomadic um, existence, if you will. And then, uh, as often happens these days, um, Mm -hmm. I got divorced, and that was a big turning point for me. Um, The lifestyle that I was leading changed, and I actually came to the U.S. to go to school, because mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't had the opportunity to <clears throat> do university degrees beforehand. So I got four in the space of six years. Um, I really went for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big time. And I niched into working with kids with autism as a board certified behavior analyst. Yeah. Um, but along the way, I'm, I'm always studying. I love to study. It's my idea of fun. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of... Yeah, it's just, it's my hobby, if you will, is to study things. Um, So I I just bring up all these different things and working as a board certified behavior analyst, it was very, like I said, niched. Um, And I decided, okay, the time has come. I need to move into coaching so I can use all the things I've learned. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. Wow. You have such a story. It was so hard for me to decide on some questions here. So I've I've narrowed them down, but my desk is full of post-its. So now I have more, of course. Um, (laughs) I want to just tap into the travel a little bit. So you said you traveled as a kid. And then, of course, later again, when you had kids. So what were the reasons for travel when you were a kid? I think my parents just... I was born in England and my parents just wanted to see what was new and interesting in Australia. So um, I went there when I was six months old. Um, 
and then divorce happened for them mm -hmm. so back to the uk and you know moving around a fair bit um and i actually went into tropical diseases nursing as an adult and my oh, wow. particular area of interest um was leprosy oh my and goodness yes still plenty of that around oh my gosh um, i don't think there is but there is and from there <laughs> i moved to bangladesh with um nothing but a backpack and an air ticket uh i literally didn't have any money um and i Why bangladesh because there was an orphanage there that someone who'd come into the hospital I worked at said, we need you over at the orphanage. And being a little impulsive, I said- You just went? Sure, okay. <laughs> so, so within six months, um, actually, I don't think it was that long, maybe three months, I was packed up and gone. So off mm -hmm. I went. Um, and Bangladesh was the most fascinating experience ever, I think, because I went there, to work in an orphanage. And then I got a job running a medical clinic and then there was a cholera epidemic and a flood. So I was working with Red Crescent as a volunteer, dealing with street people and then expats in the medical clinic. Oh my and then from there, I moved to the, uh, the NGO sort of arena and I was living with a, an NGO family and I eventually ended up in the diplomatic community. So, without moving country, I moved social. Yeah. Players, and sure I saw did. five different countries without moving. It was the most fascinating experience mm. that I don't think I could access again, simply because you have to live it to experience it. And people won't let you in to a layer that you don't belong in. Yeah. I learned yeah. a lot. I learned a lot. I can imagine. Um, what about other countries? You've lived in several countries as an adult and even with kids. Can you speak to that a little bit? Maybe share some of the countries, what it was like to travel with children? Yeah, that vastly different depending on the place. Um, I'll, I'll go with my favorite, which was Singapore. Um, loved living in Singapore. You know, it's funny, I, not to interrupt you, but um, it's, I still teach on the side. I teach privately. I had spent time, 11 years teaching in the university uh, <clears throat> near to my home, but I now teach privately mainly to kids from Singapore. Ah. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. I've learned a lot about the country just recently in the last six months. Okay. Yeah. So well, tell Singapore, me. Singapore is beautiful. Like it, it mm -hmm. is so built up. And if you fly over and you look down, it's like, oh, where do they fit everybody? But when you're on the ground, the city planning is so good that there's tons of green and you just don't get this sense that there's no room, which mm -hmm. is amazing. It's the only place I think I've seen that happen. Um, my kids were old enough to be going out, particularly the older one. And, you know, you always worry, what are they going to get into? What's going to happen? Yeah. I didn't have that problem in Singapore. I was not worried. And I could sleep at night. <laughs> that was yeah. lovely. Um, the other thing with Singapore is it is beautifully located for traveling mm -hmm. everywhere else in Southeast Asia. And I traveled far and wide as much as possible. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to go basically Himalaya hopping. So, mm. you know, Sikkim, Bhutan, Ladakh, Nepal, um, Darjeeling. And, and every place I went was just an incredible experience. And my kids went to most of them with me, which was uh, 
amazing too. Did they study in international schools? They did. And it, it, funny thing, my eldest son, um, I don't know, I, I had a sense because he'd been learning French in school, wasn't going wonderfully well, but I don't know what your experience is like, but mine of learning French in school wasn't very great either. Well, I come <laughs> from a background as a language teacher. I taught Spanish <laughs> for years, so it's probably ah, but, a different perspective. But there is there is a twist to the story because mm -hmm. when we moved to Singapore, one of the subjects that he needed to learn was Mandarin. Uh -huh. And in a very short space of time, he was incredible in Mandarin. Really? Okay. And then we discovered that actually he's great in languages and he speaks more than half a dozen now ah. with a decent degree of fluency and I actually went to like Spain that. for a year and um, he didn't speak Spanish when he got there, but he spoke it fluently when he came back. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm not anti-classroom stuff. Sure, sure. It's just sometimes experience is best, have, yeah. You can have one experience and think you can generalize that to everything. And it would be a mistake to do that. I completely agree. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, I have a son who's living in Poland right now, and he has picked up so many languages. He's learning Polish currently, but he's he was in the Peace Corps in Kosovo and picked up Albanian and studied German in college, where he actually did learn more book learning with German, but then studied there for a year and really fine-tuned it. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be a whole other podcast interview talking about language, right? Right. Yeah. So you quit your job as a behavioral behavior analyst, you're working with, with kids with autism and focused more fully on your coaching. What made you kind of make the shift? Did you have to do both for a while before you shifted over? I did both for a while. And then I basically went with where I could have the freest expression. So working as a coach, I don't have to keep one tool in the toolkit. I can bring all sorts of things in and really individualize the work that I'm doing. So, you know, I don't have to worry about the diagnosis. Like it, to me, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the question is, is there a behavioral issue? And if there is, let's find out where it came from mm -hmm. and then we can deal with that. Um, I also love the idea of working with new parents and parents who are about to have kids mm -hmm. so that we can head off a whole lot of unnecessary misunderstandings. Yes before they even get going. And, mm -hmm. you know, that has me really excited to be able to do that. Absolutely. Prevention is key. And I'm sure working, your coaching, having that story that you have, all experiences are so valuable to what we're doing now, right? You know, looking at your nursing experience and your work with the kids probably makes you a much better counselor, a much better coach to people yeah, because would, of those like skills. To. I would like to think so. I mean, I've worked in Montessori as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I have a, a decent background in that and uh, a regular preschool. So mm -hmm. I, you know, um, yeah, I've really been adding to my knowledge. And like I said, I'm always studying. So I have lots of certificates. My kids were joking with me that I should just sort of line them all up, get them printed and make it into a bedspread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I may do that one day, you never know. Yeah, that would be great. So you mentioned when, when you were filling out um, a form, just so I could get to know you a little bit about burnout. And that's something that you 
you kind of spoke to a lot. I'd like to have you maybe talk a little bit about burnout, maybe um, as you've experienced it in your own life, how you avoid it and how you help other women with it. So the thing with avoiding burnout is you have to know yourself so well and really look for the signs. And that can be very, very tricky. And paying attention, right? Yeah. And if you've got a lot of external pressure, yeah, but you have to work, you need the money, da, 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 da. You can excuse a lot. Um, so sometimes burnout is difficult to avoid, but when you hit a brick wall and you just can't anymore, yeah. then you, you've arrived and hopefully you've got something else to do. But mm-hmm. there's a part of my coaching that's there's a big feature, actually, it's across all kids, adults, kids with adults, kids without adults, is human design. And human design is, um, if, if anybody listening doesn't know what it is, please do Google it, but it's, it's quite amazing. It's basically a blueprint for how you function in the world, what your energy is like, how you make your decisions. Oh. And it can make such a tremendous difference because if you're living according to your human design, then you will be in alignment with your true nature. And that sounds a little hokey, but you can test it for yourself. No, I actually love that. And it's making me how it works. And and the thing is, if you, for example, I'll give you a personal example for me. With my human design, my head is defined, which means it's it's all set up um, with, it, it functions really well, let's put it that way. But it's not a good place for me to make decisions. Hmm. my decision-making authority is emotional. So if I think, oh yeah, that's a really good idea. I'm going to do that. It probably isn't for Mm -hmm. me a good Mm -hmm. idea. I have to feel excited about it. And and it takes time for me to make that decision because I have what's called a triple split definition. Hmm. Again, this stuff can be looked up or I can help somebody with that if they want to come and talk to me. Um, If you have a single definition, you can probably make your decisions a lot quicker. Depends on where you make them. The point being to all of this is that if you're in alignment, you make good decisions for you. But if you're living in your head and that's not where you make your best decisions, then you're full of should. Yeah. And when other people's dictates sort out your life for you, you're not in alignment and that doesn't feel good. And that totally takes you to burnout Yeah, without question. There's no way you can avoid it because you're in the wrong path. Ah, that's so powerful. There's no way you can avoid it because you're in the wrong path. Right. Um, or you haven't shifted soon enough too. I think of, um, I had my own burnout, which led me to just moving into what I'm doing now. And it was really um, a scary thing for me to leave a very secure university teaching position where Mm. I had a lot of authority. I was doing a lot of teacher training and working through various schools and through grant programs. And I think there's there's also this um, sense of like importance that we can impart upon ourselves that we don't want to give up because then what might happen if we leave that behind or who are we? And it can lead to a whole like identity crisis. And I think that that can um, add to burnout as well. But I think if you, if you allow it to happen and you follow your true path, there's so much reward there. So much. The, the other thing with 
exactly what you've just said is all that importance that you were talking about was external. Yeah. It's not about how you feel or what's working for you. It's all about what other people tell you. Yes. Yes. Is important. And if you're relying on other people, you're in a very difficult position because you can't control or predict what they're going to say and do. Mm -hmm. You, You have to be authentic within because if you're living the life that you're meant to live, then you're going to feel that every day yeah. is going to be a great day. Monday blues go away. Oh my gosh. Monday so is the day. Yeah. I actually, Monday is my favorite day now. I never in a million years would have thought that I would have said that. I had Sunday and Monday blues, Sunday blues in anticipation of Monday. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that actually is a sign of burnout impending. Absolutely. Yeah. When you spend Friday thinking, oh, thank God, tomorrow's Saturday. And then Saturday, you start to get a little antsy. Sunday's Mm -hmm. miserable because Monday's coming. This is your big red flag. Time to start looking for what, what really interests me. What excites me? What am I good at? What did I like to do when I was six? Yes. Fabulous question question. It is. It is. And it's funny that now I still do some teaching. Um, This podcast um, is something that kind of evolved and I love it. And I think it's in part because I just love connecting with other women, but it's also part of that teaching. But I also um, remember being a young child pretending I had a store in my room, like a retail store. And Mm -hmm. I have a product-based business now that I absolutely adore. But who knew that that's what what it was going to be? And it's kind of a combination of the things that I loved doing as a child that turned out to be my true path. Yeah. So there's so much. That's actually a really powerful question for somebody who's listening to ask themselves. What did I love to do when I was six? How could I do that now? Because that's really what you wanted to do before the world conditioned you into doing what you're doing now. So, you know, there's, there's that sentence that parents do actually sometimes say to their kids you know you're either a doctor an engineer a lawyer or a failure yeah right you have Mm -hmm. to fit in one of those categories well why maybe I'm an artist yeah what happens to the artist's soul if they're turned into a lawyer exactly exactly that's out of alignment in a big way and human design actually can you get your blueprint from human design which is your chart and then you can have that analyzed and you can go into all sorts of depth with it, but using your human design chart, you can actually start to decondition yourself away from all that stuff that's not you and start to work towards who is you. And I don't think it's ever too late for that, honestly. If you're still alive, it's in time. I agree. I agree. I don't think it's ever too late. For me, it was when I hit 40 and I just hit the ground running and never looked back. And right. You know, you, you can say to yourself, oh, I wish I had done it before, but you don't know what the experiences before, um, which of those experiences have kind of led you to this or what you're carrying mm-hmm. with you. So no regrets, right? I mean, I think you can be 65, 75 and still, um, and still make a change. I, I say this to my mother all the time when she'll say, oh, I'm just too old for that now. No, you're not. Get started. Absolutely. You know, I'm in a coaching excellence program and there's, it's a community. And one of our members literally just celebrated his 86th birthday. And Mm -hmm. this is his newer career. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he has a plan moving forward. There is no reason not to. Right. Right. 
So I'm actually scaling down some of my questions and deciding what I want to ask here. <laughs> um, so can you talk about some of the other things um, that you coach on? You did mention nutrition um, is one component, like fitness. How do you kind of weave all of those pathways together to help women basically better navigate their lives? Well, once upon a time, I had these all separate. And then I realized, what am I doing? You know, nobody needs all nutrition all the time, yeah. or fitness all the time, or, or any of the things. So as I start coaching with someone, things come up, you know, oh, I, I feel kind of bloated in the morning, and I'm very sluggish. And, you know, I wonder if I have a food allergy. Okay, let's play with some nutrition. And I have a very um, whole food approach to nutrition. Mm. I have strong views about things that have shelf lives on them that, yeah. uh, you know, six months, a year, you have to ask yourself why, what did they take out of that, which is yeah. vitamins and minerals, right? You know, they take those out and then they enrich them with chemicals, which the body doesn't recognize as food. Mm -hmm. So I try and get people into as much of a whole food situation as they can handle. You yeah. know, you have to start where you are. And then we'll see what we can play with. So usually as the person's nutrition improves, they get interested in moving more. Yes. And I'm all about making that fun. It, there's no prescription of you have to lift weights this much and run that much. Personally, I hate running, I have mm -hmm. to say. Um, if there was a bear coming, I'd just, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I I'm not running. So, you know. Um, so I, I like to weave it all in so that it's literally a bespoke coaching service. What you need is what you get. Yeah. And very often, no, in fact, I would say always, the person that comes to me for coaching, what they think they want is not what they want. Mm -hmm. And I love that part where we start to actually uncover. So what's under that? And, yes. and then what? And okay, let's look a little deeper. And yeah. that's the fun part of, of coaching is really uncovering what do, what do we need to look at and where are we going? Yeah. All right. So I have a couple more questions. The first one is, what is what would you say is the biggest challenge? Imagine um, a woman is out there and she's thinking about either starting her own business or really taking the plunge into this new life that she has kind of been whispering to her in the back of her mind. Um, what's the best piece of advice you would give someone like other than just start? how to get them to just start that yeah that's that's a wonderfully simple piece of advice that doesn't actually get anybody anywhere right um so one of the things is you you have a plan of what it should look like right mm -hmm. these are the things i want to achieve where we make a mistake is putting a time frame on that mm -hmm. if you could take the time frame away and say this is i am going to achieve this but I don't know when. It kind of takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I would recommend. And then the other one, really, before you leap, who are you coaching or who are you working with? What are you selling? Mm -hmm. What are you really, really good at? Figure yeah. that out first. Yes. And then go do it. But it, it sounds like, okay, that's a no-brainer, but we all want to do all the things. Yeah. Right? So you have to kind of pick. Yeah, well, hone it down. Yeah. 
And, and that can be so tough. That can take It's months. very tough. Yeah. And sometimes that changes too, as you, once you do get started, we sometimes Absolutely. pivot, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you evolve. Hopefully you do. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. If you, if you're doing the thing that you meant to do, you will evolve. Yep. Yeah. Which is why we're sitting here and I'm doing a podcast now that I never thought right. I was going to do. Right. So are there any books? I love books. You love books. So this is a good question to ask you or a hard question because you, you love so many, I'm sure. But any books you would recommend to someone who is seeking just either an overall sense of wellness, a woman who's starting a wellness journey of some kind, or someone who's thinking of starting a business? I'll, I'll let you choose. Okay. So just for wellness, for, for sanity's sake, for perspective, and pretty much anything by Brené Brown. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's, she's amazing. And I think you, you can't go wrong diving into Brené Brown. Yeah. Um, if you prefer TED Talks, there's plenty of those. Yeah. Mix and match. I would totally go there. Um, if somebody's going a coaching route like mm-hmm. me, then The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler is an amazing piece of work. And I would okay. totally recommend that. Um, other things. Wow. Yeah. Then you've got me because there's so many other, I mean, as you can see, I'm yeah, in the yeah, library. Right. No, that's great. That's great. I think that, that's um, a really good place to start. So I hate to wrap this up because I feel like I could talk to you all day long, but I'm going to. Um, I'll also be asking you to join my Facebook group community because I think there's so much more to unpack just from your wealth of experience. And I think it it would really, um, the women there in the community would love it. So um, I'll follow okay. up with you on that. But I do want to ask you if, in a more immediate sense, where can we find you online? So I can put your information in the show notes and the video notes. Okay, so I have a website, mickeythecompassionatecoach.com. I love the name of that. (laughs) And social media, I have my Facebook um, page, which is Mickey Gaffinstone. Um, Basically, if you type Mickey Gaffinstone into the search engine, that'll find me. There aren't many Gaffins around. Okay. Um, I'm not wildly active on other areas of social media right now. So I'm, I'm planning to build that up at some point, but I have so many things on the go that... Yeah. It's sort of, I'll get there. <laughs> well, your website's great. I think that's a good place for people to start too and and to, to check out all the services that you offer. And, and I'm actually updating the website. There, there will be a completely new website soon. Oh, wow. And okay. on that will be um, a program where you can put your information in and get yourself your human design chart. Oh my goodness. Well, I know that I'll be doing that for sure. Right? I love, I just eat that kind of thing up. I love it. I love learning in general, but I also love learning more about myself. So I think that would be great. And I think the Facebook group would also love that. So that's great timing for that to go into your I will, I will let you know as soon as that's up yeah, because I just plan to have it there for you to, you yeah. know, I don't need all your personal details. You right, can put right. them in and then I can analyze the chart if that's something that the individual wants. Yeah, um, for sure. You can go read books and things. It just depends on, on your approach. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mickey, it has been just a pleasure to talk to you. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to, to join me from so far away. And I look forward to speaking with you further. So I'll be in touch to arrange some other visits with the community. Oh, I'm totally game. Yeah. That would be so much fun. Thank you.
Thank you so much. So I'm going to end here and that's that. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank All you. Right. Have a good bye -bye. day. Bye-bye.